Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Time. Today's case is about the devastating reality of how someone may be able to survive one of the most dangerous environments in the world, only to end up facing the real danger at home. This is the story of Michael Severance and Wendy Davidson. Hello, everyone. My name is Avery. And my name is Dylan. And thank you for listening to True Time today. Thank you very much for coming through. We're also excited to have you here, and we appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to these true crime stories. To listen, rate five stars. Yes, please. (laughs) If you have the moment, it would mean the world to us if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review on our podcast it really helps us out and shows us that we're doing a good job or if you have any feedback we'd love to hear it yeah we really appreciate it so today we're going to be trying something a little different something new yes we know a lot of you guys have busy schedules and you might be coming here just to hear the true crime story and then you got to get back to what you have going on So we decided that we are going to start the podcast going pretty much straight into the case of the week. Yeah, and then once the case is done, then at the end, if you guys care about listening to the question of the day and then about our personal lives, what's going on, then you can hear that all at the end. Yeah, so we're just switching stuff around. So we Same podcast, different format. Yeah, we hope you like it and we hope it works. If you guys have any feedback, let us know. Yeah. All right. With that, are you ready to get into it? I am ready. Okay. So our case this week takes place in San Angelo, Texas. Michael Severance was a young man from Lee, Maine, who made the ultimate decision to follow in his father's footsteps and join the Air Force after he graduated from high school. Originally, Michael wanted to become a truck driver and haul logs, but his father told him that since all he knew was his life in their small town in Maine, he needed to get out and see the world before deciding to stay in one place. According to Oxygen.com, he was an extremely hard worker, and after a few years of his military career, he was promoted to staff sergeant while working as a crew chief on a C-130. In 2003, after serving five tours in Afghanistan... Oh, wow. mm -hmm. Yeah, it was that time. Yeah. Michael, who was now 24 years old, was stationed in Abilene, Texas at Dias Air Force Base. It was shortly after this that he began going out and learned to line dance in two-step in order to meet women, according to (laughs) Oxygen.com. Nice. A Texas thing. Yeah, my sister likes that. (laughs) I've never been, but I've heard it's fun. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. This worked, and he ended up meeting a woman named Wendy Davidson in San Angelo, Texas. Wendy Davidson was from San Angelo, where she grew up on a ranch. After high school, she attended Texas A&M to become a veterinarian. While in school, Wendy actually became pregnant and had a son from a previous relationship, according to SanAngeloLive.com. After graduating with her degree... 
Wendy, now a single mom, moved back to San Angelo and started working at Advanced Animal Care Clinic. So she became a vet even after getting pregnant? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Dedication. Most people can't even get through veterinary school while not pregnant. Yeah, it's definitely intense. Wendy and Michael began dating quickly after they met, and after only a few months of their relationship, Wendy became pregnant. While it was a surprise, according to Oxygen.com, Michael, quote, was definitely excited to be a dad, end quote. Just a few weeks after the birth of their son, Michael and Wendy had a small courthouse wedding and were married in September of 2004. Wendy had actually bought Advanced Animal Care Clinic, so the family moved into the apartment that was attached to it. Oh, that's cool. Dang. Michael's family in Maine was extremely excited to celebrate the newlywed couple and had planned to hold a wedding reception for them so they could meet Wendy and their two new grandsons. Michael took leave, and they were scheduled to fly out to Maine on January 16, 2005. However, the family never made it after Wendy called Michael's family to let them know that he was missing. His family became extremely worried and told her to report him missing to the police. As the police interviewed Wendy, she told them that the last time she had seen her husband was the day before on the 15th, when he just disappeared, leaving his phone and car behind, according to Oxygen.com. Michael was preparing to be deployed for the sixth time, and along with a three-hour round-trip drive to and from work, mixed with being a new dad, Wendy explained that the pressures of it all must have just been building up. That is a lot. It is intense. a long drive. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel bad for him. Yeah, that is tough. I know I wouldn't be able to do that. No. She explained that Michael had been drinking a lot lately and was also taking caffeine pills. She said to police, quote, he was all concerned about he didn't want to be deployed because he was afraid that something bad was going to happen. And he kept saying, like, those guys that go over to Canada, it would just be so easy to go to Canada. So, ultimately, Wendy made it sound like Michael must have just ran away. Immediately, Michael's family and his co-workers were concerned, since they all knew he would not be the type of man to just up and disappear. With this being the possibility of a missing airman, the San Angelo police the Texas Rangers, and the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, shortened to OSI, all began investigating Michael's disappearance. However, according to abcnews.go.com, OSI couldn't begin an official inquiry since Michael was still on leave and they couldn't fully take over the case unless he didn't show up for work when his leave ended. Okay. The San Angelo Police Department and the Texas Rangers didn't find any major leads, but they did discover there was no proof or evidence to support Wendy's claim that he had been a heavy drinker or had a drug problem. What proof would you even be able to find other other than testing the person? Well, I think you would look at their purchase history, interview family, friends. Yeah. I thought you were saying they just like walked into the house like there's no beer here. No, I think it would look a little bit deeper there wasn't anything specific (laughs) but i would assume that's how you would gather that information and every source i researched said that statement so it clearly was very clear okay not even after 24 hours later on january 17th wendy did something shocking she filed for divorce and a restraining order against michael what that's so random 
She claimed that it wasn't her idea, however, that it was her parents, and they were the ones who took her down to the attorney's office and worked out all of the filings. She just signed the papers. Wendy's parents were not subtle about the fact that they did not like Michael, and the investigators on the case even questioned Wendy's mother to figure out if she had any connection to Michael's disappearance. So, why didn't they like him? Sounded like he was a good guy. I didn't read any specific reasoning as to why they didn't like him. It just sounded like a personal problem to me. Okay. Wendy's mom even bluntly said in an interview, quote, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like him. Never did. Never will. End quote. According to Oxygen.com. Huh. But they still didn't find any connections that his mother did anything to Michael. Finally, on January 24th, Michael's leave ended and he did not show up for work that day, which made him AWOL, and this allowed for OSI to officially get involved, and this took the investigation of his disappearance a whole new direction. The reason being, OSI does not face the same limitations the local law enforcement of the area may face, and they are able to use tools that may not be available or even allowed, according to Medium.com. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the police and the OSI began their investigation together by searching Michael and Wendy's home and the vet clinic since they were attached. From the search, they took Wendy's hard drive from her computer, which contained some questionable search history, according to Oxygen.com. Oh, gosh. They discovered that she had looked up how to pass a polygraph test and decomposition of a body in water. No. Multiple times, according to SanAngeloLive.com. <sighs> Around this time, the OSI, using their access to better resources, placed a tracker on Wendy's car. They initially did this because typically with cases of a deserter, a spouse is typically someone who helps them, and they thought they could potentially track him down if this was true. Mm-hmm. What they discovered was that Wendy had frequently visited a ranch called Four Sevens Ranch. It was a livestock ranch that belonged to a family friend of hers and was about 20 miles outside of San Angelo, according to Medium.com. They even traced all of her steps when she would visit the ranch, and they discovered that one time she had stopped at a pond on the property. The OSI did search the property shortly after the discovery, but they didn't find anything. So, with the combination of her questionable search history and now the frequent ranch visits, the OSI and the police decided to bring Wendy in for questioning. This is crazy how much resources the OSI has. Yeah. Like, so, the just police so you know. compared so far to the OSI. The OSI is like the FBI. Yeah. It sounds like, like they have everything they need to just yeah. get as much information as possible as quick as possible. Yeah, no missing military members on their watch, so don't <laughs> even so, try. That's so crazy. They will find you. That's insane. Oh, this is obviously something, too, that is not a new case. I'm sure a lot of service members have gone AWOL, and they're used to it. Because it sounded like reading when they had to put the tracker on the car, they're like, oh, we know this. Like, yeah. spouses help in our experience. So they just knew what to do and got on it. Well, probably... Probably especially during this time of mm -hmm. war. Yeah. And like he said, he was going to be on this sixth de deployment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really ruins people. So Yeah. So 
When it came to the alarming searches, Wendy claimed that since there were a lot of volunteer searches going on, she just wanted to do some research about it, according to abcnews.go.com. Wendy's story for the ranch was that she had a horse she kept out there and would go over frequently to take care of it, according to the cinemaholic.com. However, throughout the interview, Wendy was in defense mode, especially when she was questioned about the pond. This obviously set off some red flags with the investigators, so they knew they had to keep the pressure on her until she would eventually crack. To incriminate herself even more, Right after the interview, she drove over to the ranch, but the authorities were already a step ahead of her and were there waiting with the property blocked off so she could not enter. Wendy finally could not take it anymore, and when she left the ranch, she met up with her parents and her brother, who was a game warden, and told them what had happened to Michael. She told them that when she arrived home, she found Michael dead laying on their living room floor, and so she managed to move his body into the bed of their truck and drove over to the ranch where she disposed of Michael's body into the pond. Yeah, right. There's no way he was just there dead. But she remained firm in the fact that she did not kill Michael, though. (sighs) There's no way. Wendy's brother said he was going to call an attorney, but he knew he had to do the right thing. A little later that night, Wendy's brother could no longer keep a secret like that from the police, given his law enforcement background, so he contacted the San Angelo Police Department and told them everything Wendy said, according to Oxygen.com. Wendy was quickly arrested and charged with tampering with evidence on March 5th, and Michael's body was recovered the next morning on March 6th from the bottom of the pond at the ranch. The police discovered that attached to Michael's body was over 140 pounds of cinder blocks, car parts, and even a boat anchor. Oh my gosh. As well as 41 post-mortem stab wounds. Oh. According to GoSanAngelo.com. Post? So like he, she was stabbing him after he was was dead? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, when Wendy was questioned about the stab wounds, she said it was to help prevent the body from resurfacing. Oh. A justice of the peace for the county the ranch was located in named Eddie Howard said, quote, These were post-mortem cuts to allow the release of gases that typically accumulate in decomposing bodies. Rage is hitting, stabbing or poking one spot. It's more localized. These were spread out, end quote, according to medium.com. Yeah, and she had been looking that stuff up beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh. Wendy admitted that during the entire process of her moving her husband's body and dumping it, she had her two small children with her asleep in the truck the whole time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's just sick. That's so sad. This would not be an end to the shocking discoveries made and would only further prove Wendy was lying. After Michael's autopsy was completed, the toxicology report came back showing that his blood contained lethal levels of animal tranquilizers. The animal tranquilizers found were phenobarbital and pentobarbital, and Wendy had easy access to both of them at her vet clinic, according to thecinemaholic.com. Why? I'm so confused, like, why she killed him. There's no real answer. This is crazy. Around April 15th, another discovery was made at the vet clinic. 
Older records were found in the trash that showed a dog had received an unspecified amount of phenobarbital during a procedure. However, when the owner of that dog was questioned by police about the tranquilizer, they said that their dog had never been given that, according to GoSanAngelo.com. By the end of May 2005, Wendy Davidson was charged with first-degree murder and two counts of tampering with evidence. So was she, like, testing it on dogs? No. She, it's believed that the amount that she took from her, um, like, oh. collection, what's that word? She was accounting for it by saying she gave it to animals? Yeah. So that so way, if, like, when records... Yeah, were checked. They would see, oh, like a dog was given it during a procedure, but she had faked the records. Yeah. And said she'd given it to the dog when she didn't. So that way when police might have checked inventory, it would have showed, it would have made sense. But yeah. the owner was like, that never happened. So whatever she said she gave that dog, and it was an unspecified amount, she most likely took to poison her husband. Gosh. Yeah. She was really planning this out. Mm-hmm. That's so terrible. If she was found guilty, she faced up to 99 years in prison. Her defense team immediately started trying to fight that the GPS tracker placed on her car was illegally obtained to hopefully have the evidence thrown out of the case since the typical protocol for it is that the police need to get a court order, according to abcnews.go.com. Not with the OSI. However... The prosecutor stated that since Michael was AWOL, the OSI had probable cause to place one on Wendy's car and that they had received the proper approvals to do so. The judge ruled in favor of the prosecutors, meaning that the tracker was legal and the evidence obtained from it was allowed to be used during the trial. Wendy, still claiming her innocence, realized she did not have much of a leg to stand on after that and would most likely not come off as innocent to a jury. So, on October 2nd, 2006, Wendy Davidson pleaded no contest to the murder charge and the two tampering with evidence charges. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison for the murder and two 10-year sentences for the two tampering with evidence charges that were to be served concurrently. So, not even close to the full sentence. Yeah, since she took that plea deal. Oh, okay. I see. She was denied parole in 2019, and today she is still at the Gatesville Correctional Facility and will be released in 2031. She recently did her first interview from prison since being convicted to give her side of the story with ABC's 2020 titled Dead Man Talking that aired on March 25th of this year. I recommend watching the full episode if you can. I read it was on Hulu or at least just see some of the clips of it like I did while researching because her explanation of what she did and why she did it is mind-blowing to me. What was she saying? Well, to this day, she's still maintaining her innocence, but within the interview, she replays how she disposed of Michael's body step-by-step and that she believes it was one of her family members who was responsible for killing Michael since they didn't like him and she wanted to protect whoever it was. Uh-huh. She faked the records. Mm-hmm. And then she was looking all that stuff up. She's oh my gosh. Just admit what you've done. You're already in prison. Yeah. She does admit to being the one to dispose of the body and how she did it. Yeah, but I'm saying the actual murder. Yeah, I know. Because you, you did it. 
In the interview with ABC, Wendy said, quote, I did what I did. I think it was horrible. I think that I made a bad choice. There were better choices to be made, but I still didn't kill him. What I did was horrible. There's no excuse. I mean, I might have had crazy reasons in my head, but there's no excuse. End quote. Uh, yeah. I don't know why she doesn't admit to killing him. I don't know. Because you didn't just find him dead and you're like, I'm going to dispose of this body. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Because that's an easy out for you if someone else did it. So she's a liar. Yeah, all of the evidence that the police and investigators and the OSI found really don't support that. So, yeah. Which it is, is why she's the only one in, in prison. Yeah, and it is crazy to me how she was able to get such a lesser sentence by taking a plea deal. Yeah, a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But that's this week's case. Do you think uh, she may have killed him because of her parents' influence? It could have been. Or at least helped it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it didn't sound like they had much of like a solid relationship. They'd only known each other for a short period of time, and they were in her small town. Like Her mom helped work at the vet clinic with her, so I'm sure maybe in some weird, twisted way it was an influence, but... Overall, she's since she's never admitted to it, there's no motivation yeah. given. Yeah. So Michael's family has a really tough time not knowing why she did what she did to their son, and it's really sad. It is. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. We're always open to hearing your guys' ideas and information you have. So Yeah, feel free to comment on our post or send us a DM. All right, should we move into the question of the day? Let's do it. Okay. All right, so the question of the day is, what is one item that you have no regrets on buying? Like, was worth the price or was just cheap and, like, just is amazing, you use it every day, no regrets? <laughs> That's a good question. I feel like Dylan and I are not the type of people who typically go out and just buy a lot of things or random things. Yeah. So the first thing that popped in my mind as to what I use every day and is totally worth the money isn't actually something I bought for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess it came from our funds. <laughs> Dylan got me for Easter a lap desk. So the top of it is kind of like a table. And then underneath it, it's kind of like a beanbag pillowy material. And so writing the podcast and working from home every day, I like to sit on the couch in the living room with Kai. So it's quite a nice little lap desk because it gives me a better surface to type on. Yeah. And it's also funny because I do put it on top of my actual desk in our office because it gives it like that raise because I know that's another popular thing that I've seen is like computer razors or monitor razors. Yeah. I use a laptop, so I just call it a computer. But um, it gives that like extra couple inches so it doesn't like hurt my wrist. So I use it on my real desk and when I'm not even at my real <laughs> desk. And it is a 10 out of 10 purchase. So if you work from home 
or do any type of work or play on your computer from home? Laptop specifically. Laptop specifically, yeah. I wouldn't put a monitor on top of it. <laughs> yeah. It might not be the most sturdy with the pillow. So if you have a laptop and you use you are looking to use something like that, I ten out of ten recommend you can work from anywhere with it. So Yeah, Avery's a laptop user. I'm a desktop man myself. So <laughs> there's no reason for me to have one, but Yeah. But if you're interested in looking into a lap desk because it is pretty life-changing, I will have an Amazon affiliate link because that is where Dylan got mine. So I'll have it in our description box if you want to check it out. Yeah, and it was actually pretty cheap, so nice. not going to break the bank. <laughs> also, I have a little bit of an exciting deal for you guys. I know we talk a lot about our Amazon links down below, and if you are not a Prime member, we have the deal for you. Mm. <laughs> so I will have an Amazon affiliate link down below that will get you a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. No strings attached. Just click our link and sign up and you'll get those free 30 days. Sounds fantastic. And then you can check out some of our other recommendations if you feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dylan, what is your... Everyday use, best purchase I ever. I know mine right off the bat. Okay. And I didn't buy mine either. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it for me, and it was my Remarkable. Mm. And that thing is amazing. If yeah. you want an iPad without the eye. The <laughs> distraction. Just, yeah. So it's pretty much just a, pad. a smart notebook. <laughs> it's amazing. So... If you've never heard of the Remarkable, look it up online. Not going to go through the whole explanation, but it's pretty much like a piece of paper. That's a tablet that you have. You have you just write your notes in there. I use it for college and for my planner, for anything. So look it up. It's amazing. That yeah. one's expensive, but <laughs> that one's a splurge, but worth it. Well worth it. Yeah, it has well. a lot of nice templates, so you can use it as a planner or a notebook or a recipe. Anything holder, anything. It's really cool. Yeah. And it connects to the cloud so you can view everything on your phone. It also, it converts like your writing to text. You can send it as PDFs. You can download as PDFs. You can download to your textbooks like for college as PDFs onto it. It's an, it's amazing. I love it. So Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Let us know what you guys what your favorite items are. Yes, you got any recommendations for us? What do we need in our lives? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, I guess now we can give you a bit of a life update. Yeah. Again, still just living our lives in the summertime. Nothing too crazy. Chilling at the pool. Yeah, we did have a pool afternoon this week, and that was awesome. The warmest day of the week, so that was nice. Mm -hmm. Get some sunlight. Mm -hmm. It was yesterday. Very nice. Yesterday was super fun. We had a date day. <laughs> yeah. Because why just make it a morning, an evening? Why not take the whole day? <laughs> Sometimes you need a day. And it why was not? really fun. I 10 out of 10 recommend. We started the day off by going to brunch. It was good. It was so delicious. There's not really brunch places here in Germany. Yeah. There's this one, and you can definitely tell it is American-influenced. Fully American. I don't think there were any Germans in there. I did not hear one person speak German. No. 
but it was delicious. We got pancakes and bacon and you got this salmon spread with bread. It was Yeah, it was like salmon, um, horseradish sauce, onion, uh scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs and then a boiled egg and like this super yummy sauce. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was like a creamy spread, but so good. Delicious start to the day. And then we came home and we decided to take our Kindles and walk down to a park in our neighborhood. And we thought it would be a great idea to bring Kai because it has some trees and a little lake and just very peaceful. And we thought it would be nice to bring a couple snacks and just let him kind of run around a little on his leash. Yeah, because he does well on the leash. Like he likes to hold on to him. He runs around in circles. And he did climb some trees for the first yeah. time, and he was really good at it. <laughs> it yeah. was cute. But then he spazzed out and knocked over Dylan's Coke can that he'd brought and opened. Mm-hmm. And it trickled all the way over, all the way down our picnic blanket and Dylan. So we were there for maybe 20 minutes. Yep. And then I had to walk right back home. And we had to go home and hold Kai. And you could tell Kai knew he had done something wrong because <laughs> he was a little whiny on the way back. Yeah. It was like, oh man, we just were starting to relax and lay out, but um, we just came home and read outside and yeah, and then we went out for dinner at a Korean restaurant that was super good. Oh yeah, very good, very good. I miss Korean food. I've not had any Korean food in a while, so yeah, it was nice. I love kimchi, so that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, yeah and then after that amazing dinner, we went and saw the new Thor. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a funny movie. It was really good. But yeah, it was way different than any other Marvel movie. And it was, it was, I don't know, I recommend. Yeah. It was just a light watch. Not too crazy. Sort of yeah. sad. There the are end. a couple sad parts. Yeah. But overall, they keep it really light, really funny mm-hmm. while maintaining like a good story. Yeah. So it was a good watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've only seen a handful of Marvel movies, and I would definitely say that's at the top of my list. Yeah. It was really fun. You'll see the goats. The goats screaming really make goats. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that meme. Oh, yeah, the goat the goat meme. Yeah. What are you talking about? Okay. So if you like that or think that's funny, you'll get a, <laughs> a kick out of that. <laughs> but yeah, that was our... Our date day. It was fun. Yeah, it was a really good time. So we recommend going out, whether it's... With your significant other, a friend, or even by yourself. Yeah. Have a date day. <laughs> <laughs> Treat yourself. Yeah. It was it was worth it. Yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's it for this week. Just let us know what you guys have going on. Yeah. I know there's always fun summer plans, travels, pool days. Let us know what Our you're doing. is always open. Yeah. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Hey guys, don't forget to follow our True Time page so you can see all the photos from every case and view the case sources. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at True Time Podcasts. And then if you want to keep up with our personal lives, you can find Avery on Instagram and TikTok, and that's at Avery E. Hamill. Yeah, make sure you go check out my TikTok this week because I will make a TikTok of our date day. <laughs> All right, everyone, we hope you have a super awesome and safe week. Get outside, get some ice cream if it's hot. Enjoy the summer. 
And we will talk to you guys next Monday. Alrighty. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys.